0: you will never have a problem getting me out for a beer to discuss this industry. And I do think that it's important that we all work together. Of course, there's competition, but in a young and growing industry, we all have a responsibility to make sure this is stood up and sustainable before we need to start cutting each other's throats too much.
1: You're listening to the Gaming News Canada show with Steve McAllister, recorded live on Twitter Spaces. Follow Gaming News CA on Twitter to join the live audience.
2: Welcome, everybody, to the Gaming News Canada show. I'm your host, Steve McAllister from Parlay Media Group and Editor in chief of the Gaming News Canada newsletter. Really appreciate everybody coming out today. And we've got actually we've got a great show lined up this week. And in a few moments, we're going to have uh, Chris Abbott, the new Canadian country manager for, for K's and Group's Botano uh, Sportsbook product, uh, join us to talk a bit about his uh, new gig. Uh, Brent Winston the co-founder and CEO of Best Swap is going to join us at the at the bottom of the hour and then uh, James Sharman the the host and uh, executive producer and probably a few other titles from our Parlay's Room 442 soccer show is going to join us at two forty five to talk about a live event that uh, that Parlay is hosting next Tuesday night in downtown Toronto so we want to welcome everybody um, as always uh, Amanda Brewer is with us from from Kinder Group and I mean, I may. I'm just going to run quickly through some of the newsiest items in the newsletter this, this week. And you may have some thoughts on, on one or two of these stories. Um, we did have, and if you hadn't seen, had a chance to read the newsletter yet today, we had a small section this morning. Uh, Greg Warren at sports handle wrote a piece this week on, on the current status of retail sports books in Alberta. And, 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 um, you know, about a close to a year ago now, we were led to believe by the Alberta Gaming, Liquor, and Cannabis Commission that uh, that there could be uh, a couple of sports books getting licensed to operate sports legal sports books in in pro sports venues across Alberta sometime in 2022. Um, it doesn't look like that's going to happen at this point. It sounds like there's been some pushback sports books on the re- on the regulations. Uh, that's a work in progress. Uh, there was news earlier in the week. Uh, Jeff Saconia covers broke broken on Monday that uh, that Bet Victor is the latest sports book to to be uh, to get the green light for iGaming Ontario. So it's now up and running. Uh, a company called Apollo Entertainment Group got an AGCO license this week to to operate. I believe it's seven online casino games. So they're now waiting IGO approval. Um, one interesting story that, uh, again, Amanda might not have any, anything new to talk about, but it was, in, one, it was interesting that can be announced either yesterday or first thing this morning that it's going to be providing its uh, Sportsbook platform to, uh, to Falls View Casino and Niagara Casino. And, and there's reference in the news release to having some betting kiosk at those, uh, at those facilities. And also just a little bit of news of uh, from the Canadian Gaming Association that that Push Gaming has joined uh, has joined the CGA as a member. Uh, Amanda, did you want to weigh in on any, any of those stories?
3: <laughs> That's a lot of great news. Um, just starting off the top with Alberta. Um, so, yeah, there's an RFP that was pretty widely circulated to come in and be a service provider. So it wasn't going to be a model like Ontario where AGLC was going to license um, a, an operator to to go run some sports books, it was just to be a pure service provider. And um, as Steve and I were exchanging some emails. Um, if you follow any Canadian politics, they're on the verge of an election, there could be a huge shake up in Alberta politics, depending on who wins that election. And so, AGLC is not going to make any moves until they know, as I put it, to see which way the wind is blowing in that province. But I also know that um, GPEB, which is the regulator out in BC, has been uh, paying very close attention to Ontario. BC also will be going through a provincial election, but it could be that you know with a different political party in power and a bit of time just to evaluate what ontario how ontario is performing we might see a few other provinces uh deciding to move in the direction of a full license and regulate versus any kind of you know piecemeal or half-baked model um and uh yeah cga is getting more members and then what was the other one in there oh the kiosks so Way back uh, when the market was opening, um, a lot of the land based casinos uh, reached out with RFPs to put in sports books, but the Lottery Gaming Corporation decided that that was going to be a no go um, and really. Uh, didn't incentivize um, or didn't want its land-based partners to partner with uh, any of the uh, incoming operators. And so the land-based casinos then had to uh, go back to the drawing board, uh, access some capital investment funds, and start building on their own. And the OLG has also not allowed uh, any of those lottery kiosks or sports betting kiosks to be installed uh, in any other place other than where they dictate them to be installed. So on uh, the View and casino Niagara side, it's great that they'll actually have something in there, even if it's just a kiosk, while their full-blown sports book gets uh, gets uh, built out. Um, but it's just too bad that there wasn't an opportunity to bring some third-party uh, dollars, some third-party expertise into into that mix for the province.
2: Amanda, just in terms of the timeline, and like, is this something that could happen? Could happen tomorrow, or?
3: Well, the OG had an announcement out last week about the great number of kiosks that they were um, buying from IGT to put in the convenience stores for lottery products. So, um, stands to reason, you know, kiosks are kiosks, they get fitted in with the right technology. Um, So, CanView should be able to make something happen pretty quickly. They've got kiosks like this all over. You look at what's going on in the states with retail sports betting um those are very popular options and there's certainly mohegan sun even through not trying to plug univet but through its kindred partnership uh in in pennsylvania um there are kiosks in in those locations as well so um, this could happen pretty quickly Uh, that's great
2: great insight thanks for that man will hill did you want to jump in here at all or i think you might have joined us a bit late we were just talking about a few of the the major items in the news there this week, talking about the the situation with retail sports books in Alberta and, and the uh, the Canby announcement yesterday about the the two uh, the two casino properties in Niagara.
1: Yeah, uh, on the Niagara front first, um, it's actually a little known fact, but a fact nonetheless that there there was actually sports betting at Casino Niagara. There was a version there, really really diluted, really watered down, but it was uh, a version of Proline where you know, the incentive to do it at Casino Niagara versus at retail uh, was at Niagara, you only had to do two propositions, whereas ProLine, as many people know, for years and years, the paper-based product, you had to do three or more um, in the Parlay format. But there was never a lot of oomph put behind that sports betting operation, principally because most people just don't like Parlay wagering, or at least don't like it nearly as much um, as the single event options that they could you know, uh, go to offshore in those days or now. Uh, in this golden new era, from a whole series, uh, dozens in fact, of, uh, of licensed and regulated operators um, all across this great province. So, so there's, there's that, and it's lovely to see. Um, we, we, we had heard previously about Windsor um, at, advancing uh, um, perhaps some capital um, at their Legends location on the far western edge of, of the, uh, the gaming floor. There's a, a, a restaurant there, a sports bar, that could be easily be repurposed into a sports book. So it's nice to see um, hints of progress uh, on land-based, because there's there's a great deal to be had from creating synergies between those in the digital realm and those in land-based, um, and and moving customers back and forth in, in a way that that's pleasing and convenient to those customers, on the Alberta matter. Um, none of this is is surprising to me for a couple of reasons. You know, first and foremost, and I can say this uh, uh, because I was actually in government for eleven plus years, as as most people on this call know. Uh, but government aspires to move at the speed of business, but oftentimes moves at the speed of caramel. Um, and uh, so, so the fact that that AGLC is behind in its RFP is not at all in, or entirely surprising to me. Um, but You know, you couple it together with the political lens that Amanda just put on top of it with, you know, the potential change in leadership uh, in Alberta. Um, And you also add in what I've picked up on and and Amanda likely has heard. And Steve, you've probably uh, gathered this from some of your sources. There's a general sense of discontent um, in the marketplace ever since the RFP got released and even before with the idea of just two operators being put in place that that this didn't work for the operators it didn't work for uh the folks in the marketplace and i understand entirely when aglc says that they're doing this in an effort to uh, maintain their bandwidth of regulation and achieve speed to market and get two operators up and running Um, but if you're having troubles um, in getting those two operators well i mean i think that speaks to uh, a curiously flawed process uh, and I'm, as, again i'm not saying this to take shots this is just sort of me surmising that if you're now two and a half months past the deadline that you had set for yourself to make an announcement publicly well cl- clearly things have have gummed up in the works uh, in a curious way
3: well yep. i did call it half-baked well
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you're absolutely right i mean i i think uh you know, going back as far as January or February this year, talking to people like Amanda and Paul Burns and even some other sports book operators where they've, they they had raised a, a spocking eyebrow, to, to quote our, our mutual friend Bob McCowan uh about uh about the rfp and, and what was going on in alberta so um yeah i think obviously it's a work in progress there's a lot of layers there i think the the, the most prescient matter right now as Mana points out is the is a provincial election out there in alberta so i'm sure we're not going to have any clarity at all until we uh, we find out who's leading going to be leading the province next
1: that all uh, being said there. there is a real incentive to move in there i mean you're talking about better than 4 million people in terms of general population. Uh, you're talking about four major professional sports teams in the Oilers, the Flames, the Stampeders, and the Elks. And yes, I actually remember that they're the Elks now. you got the Calgary Stampede, which is you know a huge, huge festival in and of its own right. Um, this is the, that's, a, that's a vibrant, vibrant sports market. So don't kid yourself. Um, when, when they get the mechanics right, uh, that will be a good place um, for uh, operators to be um, much to the benefit of the people in the province of Alberta.
2: Yeah, and the, and the information we have to well to that point is that most, you know, most and not all the major operators they they have submitted proposals as part of that process. So you're 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 bang on. Well, let's uh, let's not keep waiting any any longer. I want to get uh, Chris Abbott in here, and, and Chris and I haven't had the chance to meet in person, but we've certainly certainly very familiar with Chris over the past couple of years and have talked to chris on the phone uh, with uh, with my previous uh, sports betting column in the in the toronto star but uh great news for chris a couple of weeks ago being named as a new canadian country manager but i guess doing essentially the same role that amanda's doing for for Kindergroup group and unibet but chris has joined Kaysen group and going to be leading the charge in ontario with the botano brand so chris thanks so much for joining us uh, congratulations and Maybe you can just uh talk to us a little bit about uh about the new job and and how excited you're about it,
0: yeah, thanks, Steve for having me on I uh, really appreciate it and uh yeah i mean uh I guess the only only thing better than going through the uh standing up of the regulated Ontario market once is doing it a second time right so um, I, uh, really interesting scenario. I, I, uh, took a step back from cool Bet, uh, where I was beforehand. Uh, I can see the guys are actually on here now. Uh, we still got a great relationship and I, and I hope, uh, for nothing but the best. I hate that term. I hate when people say it, but I really do mean it. <laughs> um, you know, I, I wish them all, all the, uh, success in the world, some really great people over there for me. Um, you know, it was time, time to move on and look for some other opportunities. And, uh, That's kind of when the Kaizen Group came calling, and I didn't know much about them. They're uh, headquartered in Athens, Greece, Um, recently just won the Southern Europe uh, Operator of the Year title at the uh, SBC in Barcelona. So they're doing some really good stuff there. Um, And they're live in, uh, well, it's hard to keep track, but uh, double-digit markets now. So uh, some interesting ones, Germany, the Czech Republic, Bulgaria, Romania, uh, Greece, Cyprus, uh, they're in Brazil, um, Peru, uh, Chile, uh, so so they're they're really making uh, an aggressive international expansion. And uh, they run two brands, uh, the Botano brand, which is their international brand. And that's what's going to be coming to Ontario. Uh, and then there's, uh, it's called Sticky Man. Uh, it sounds a little different uh, when I say it versus when the Greek guys say it, but it's uh, a Greek <laughs> operation uh, in Greece and in Cyprus. And it's spelled S-T-O-I-X-I-M-A-N. And I guess it translates into the Batman. Um I don't know if Gary knows about that but it's um it's going to be uh it's going to be a real challenge here we actually had some meetings this morning and you know they're questioning if if this is right now the the most competitive market in the world in Ontario and it's it's hard to dispute that i mean with all the competition here um you know for another company to take a run at uh, a place where all the big boys are um you know it's going to be fun it's going to be a really good challenge they've made a They've made a real big commitment to all the markets they go into but uh ontario especially um you know hiring local customer service setting up local offices uh hiring a big local team so uh i expect good things and, and most importantly as as most people in this industry know unless you have a good product nothing else really matters and uh, they develop their tech in-house of course they have lots of uh data partnerships and things like that but Much like the guys at Coolbet, it's unique. It's different uh, than a white label solution for a sportsbook. Um, You know, they've got a wide, vast array of casino suppliers. I think people will be quite happy to see all their favorite games and all their favorite studios represented, both uh, you know, live casino and and uh, otherwise. And uh, yeah, it's an it's an exciting time, and uh, you know, the launch uh, is going to be. You know, I don't want to, I don't know how much I can give away, but we'll say uh, before the World Cup kicks off. Right. So
2: good, good. enough. just, uh, you know, product aside, uh, Chris, like how do you how do you cut through the clutter? I mean, as you point out, this is a really, uh, really busy market and, and uh, other operators have a five five month head start on on K's and group. And, you know, what what else can you do besides providing good product to, to make sure that the, the Botano brand of that name's getting out there?
0: Think if I had that answer, I'd be making a lot more money than uh, <laughs> than I than anybody else uh, because it, it's it's tough, right? And um, you know they they're they're a big operator, but certainly not you know investment fund behind them operator. So uh, you know a, a reasonable marketing budget. Um, I think one of the reasons that they reached out to me was that you know we did the kind of kind of the same thing with Coolbet. We didn't have a huge backing in terms of marketing, but we found. Uh, in a, innovative and unique ways to reach the market. Um, so, you know, I think you'll be seeing a lot of that uh, as well with this brand. Um, they've got some history and some gravitas behind them and the fact that they've been named, um, you know, soccer operator of the year. Uh, they've got a ton of, and I know these awards, you know, there's, there's lots of them to go around and, and lots of ways to get them, but um, you know, they've been, they've been honored by a number of industry associations. And I think um, that goes back to the product and and treating your customers well. So, um, but yeah, in terms of cutting through the clutter, I don't know how you do it uh, to be completely honest. I know that I know how we're going to try and I, I won't give too much of it away. I'll leave that to be a surprise for when, uh, when things launch, but you know, it, it's going to be a challenge. It's a challenge for everybody, no matter who you are. And, um, and there's there's a finite number of uh, users out there, and and we've all talked about the amount of advertising there is. And I think people around the industry would agree that um, even for us who live and breathe it, it's too much. So you know, there's 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 got to be a, a happy medium there. But um, at the end of the day, uh, I always say it: I think product wins the day. I think uh, you're a satisfied customer is your best uh, brand ambassador because they're going to tell their friends and and we plan to uh, make sure that uh, that we have plenty of happy people.
2: Hey Chris, we we have lots of listeners here today. So uh, as always, if you're new to if you're new to the uh, Gaming News Canada Show and you and you want to ask Chris or Amanda or Will or anybody else a question, just please raise your hand in the room here and we'll and we'll get you uh, we'll get you up to Chris. Hey Chris, I was hoping you could just talk about your own story a little bit, because, you know, like Amanda and, and Will, uh, you know, you've been around for for a few years now. And, and uh, you know, what what attracted you to get into this, this the sports betting and gaming industry and, and kind of what was kept you excited to the point when, you know, you, as you mentioned, you stepped aside from Coolbet. I think, back in the, the spring, early summer that, that you were uh, that you were eventually going to get back into the
0: industry. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll try and keep it short. My story's unique, but it's, it's um, you know, I always have people reach out to me and ask how to get into the industry, especially previously to there being so many operators in Canada and Ontario, where, you know, finding a job in the gaming industry wasn't, you know, you didn't go to school for it. There's no Bachelor of iGaming Management, at least that I'm aware of, or uh, I'm sure they'll be popping up, though. Um so for me I worked in broadcasting um I was uh, a broadcaster on the east coast with uh, Eastlink TV in Halifax broadcasts Quebec Major Junior Hockey League etc um whatever we were covering out that way uh AUS sports or uh, what's it called now is it still AUS no it's I don't know I can't keep track with all the acronyms Canadian University Sport changing all the time but uh anyhow that's what I was doing and uh, the Odd Shark Studios are out there so um, the guys that were working at the TV studio with us, the, the, the really talented people kind of graphics and behind the camera and audio and video, they were getting lured away by, uh, odd sharks content team. And, uh, you know, they were like telling me how great it was over there. And, and, you know, I like sports and, and I like to gamble too. Like, <laughs> like I, I've always, a, somebody who liked to gamble, but I never was really, um, meshing the two, you know? Uh, so then eventually did some, uh, content work at odd shark and that led me to, uh, to finding uh, the guys a cool bet uh, and it just kind of blossomed from there. So, you know, I don't, for me, it wasn't something that I really set out to do uh, opportunities kind of came my way and I thought, Hey, this is pretty interesting. And anybody who works in the industry will tell you, you know, it's, Sure, it's work, but there, you know, you could be out doing a whole lot harder stuff than than, uh, than talking about uh, sports betting and uh, gaming all day, which is you know something I love as it is. So, um, yeah, and and Steve, I forget the second part of your question because I was uh, I was rambling on a little bit.
2: No, I just yeah, just Chris, the, the fact that when you stepped aside from CoolBet was the idea. The the plan was to you know catch your breath a little bit and then and then get back into the, into the industry. Or were you maybe looking at taking another path and, and the case
0: of group opportunity was just too good to turn down? A uh, bit of both, bit of both, to be completely honest with you. So anyone who has some experience in this industry uh, prior to April 4th, I think became a pretty hot commodity when it came to talent recruiters. Um, so I knew that there was going to be opportunities available. But at the same time, uh, I was a little bit burnt out back in the spring and and. As I mentioned, you know, doing the broadcasting, doing the content stuff—that's my real passion. You know, if somebody uh, came to me with uh, with a deal to do, you know, full time content, talk betting, um, and make it worth your while, then then I'd certainly do that. And I mean, uh, I'm doing some kind of part time with the guys at the Hammer right now, just because I love it. Um, but uh, I mean, you know, I I don't think it's a secret that that you know, working as a country manager for a uh, gaming brand in a country like Canada's, it's a pretty good gig. So it's also hard to hard to, uh, hard to turn down those opportunities when they come by. Um, you know, I, I was always thinking that uh, after the Cool Bed experience that, you know, yeah, I have a bit of a playbook. Um, there's certainly things that I would have liked to have done differently. And as I got talking with Kaizen, um, that kind of started to come out a bit. You know, I was thinking how often do you get an opportunity to do something over that? You know, how many times in life do we say if I knew then what I know now? So that kind of got me excited again as well. And, and, you know, some things that may have tripped me up the first time through that I, I feel a lot more confident about now. And, and uh, just the way you kind of want to set up your team and uh, the supports that you need from from a headquarters and things like that. And every question I asked, these guys had an answer for it. So, you know, it was not only the opportunity to work in the industry in this role, which there was a few uh, conversations had with different companies, but uh, this company in particular showed a real dedication to their employees. Uh, they knew the market very, very well. I mean, those guys are halfway around the world and they already, they already knew a lot of the things uh, that were going on here in Ontario and they've done their due diligence. So it all just kind of lined up. So uh, you mentioned earlier about me being excited for this opportunity. I really, really am. I uh, had the opportunity to travel to the head office and meet the team there. Um, they were all great. And uh, you know, the fact that it's in Greece and you get to visit a couple of times a year, it doesn't hurt either.
2: No. Hey, Chris, I got a couple more questions. I, I want to get Amanda and Will in here quickly, just because Amanda, we, you and Will, we've talked about this often, just about the opportunities in this industry and that it, it does require different skill sets. And, um, you know, I think Chris's story sounds familiar to when, when we look across the industry, even over the last six or seven months, the kind of people that we see that enter the industry. And I'm, I'm sure Chris's story is the kind of story, Amanda, that you've heard many times.
3: Yeah, and I just want to say a big welcome to Chris. I, I was really excited to hear that you'd be on today and, and was really looking forward to listening to you. Um, I think it'd be great at some point just to get all the local country managers together so we can, you know, swap stories and avoid, you know, crying, our peers over some of it. Um, but yeah, you're right. And I think, you know, two thoughts Two, one, because of the work I was doing before I joined Kindred was really to help get this market open and we've talked about you know 10 years ago me and troy ross at queen's park with a trunk full of documents trying to go convince the government to do this the hope was never to open this market and invite 10 operators in it was really to open this market and allow operators of all different shapes and sizes because this is not a one size fits all a one offer fits all type of market and you should never for a minute assume that this is a market full of super sophisticated sports bettors just because it was gray for so long or or casino gamblers just because it was great for so long does not mean that Ontario has the most sophisticated customer base in the world so I think there's still a lot of room for people to come in and for for Ontarians to try on different brands and see what feels most comfortable to them but the joy of this market opening up too was as Chris was saying like you need a little bit of everything if you really enjoy working in partnerships and marketing if you enjoy working in tech you want to build a platform you want to do game design You want to work in, you know, customer relationship, like there's so many, you want to be an accountant for a, for a firm. You want to, you know, there's everything you could possibly think of. And I think it's also the joy of being in an industry from the get-go from when it launches and there's not too many times you can be at something when it first begins. So yeah, that's just, you know, some quick thoughts, but welcome to, to Chris and welcome to all the new operators coming in. Um, I hope this is a long, enjoyable, sustainable journey for you.
2: Yeah, and well, I know your I know your story resonates with Chris as someone who's an old uh, media slash content person yourself.
1: Yeah, no. I, I found it interesting uh, that, that both Chris and I uh, and others sort of share that intersection of, of sports, media, and gambling, um, and that having that background is actually so valuable in so many ways. Uh, one of the things, as I was listening to Chris speak, that just you know really uh, made me smile was when he talked about um, the uh, the different roles that are being created here by his new employer. Because as I've remarked on this this uh, uh, space before. Um, you know, the success of Ontario is going to be judged in many different ways beyond just the incremental revenue return to the provincial government. You know, there are people here in Ontario and across Canada that are going to be making decisions um, for their individual provinces based on seeing things like uh, new job creation, particularly high-tech, well-paying jobs, and economic development. So when you hear uh, an operator like like Chris's new employer coming in um, and setting up shop and not relying on a staffing infrastructure that exists elsewhere, but just, you know, uh, monitors the the market from afar. um, That's the best kind of story of all, at least in my opinion, because I think it's that kind of of, uh, uh, story that's actually going to perk the interest of of other provincial governments and perhaps take this from being a one province uh, industry. Uh, to all 10 provinces and all three territories. But, you know, the question I, I, I had for Chris is, as I was listening to him speak, uh, and I'll put it to him now, is, you know, we're sitting here at the end of September. Um, a bunch of people got the green light on April 4th. And even before that, uh, there was uh, some some uh, competitors that were running this race for about 10 years, albeit wearing a gray bib instead of a white bib. Um, so uh, it, what's, what's given um, your team... Uh, the sense of excitement set of mo- motivation as you look at a very challenging market, not only sort of being l- a little bit late to the game in terms of the market opening, but also that dynamic of the grey market that's been present and active here for so long?
0: Uh, that's a good question, Will. And uh, before I answer that, just Thanks to Amanda as well. Um, You will never have a problem getting me out for a beer to discuss this industry. Um, And I do think that it's important that we all work together. Uh, Of course, there's competition. Um, but in a young and growing industry, um, you know, like you said, the the documents of the trunk of the car at Queen's Park, I think we all have a responsibility to make sure this is stood up and sustainable um, before we need to start cutting each other's throats too much. So, um, you know, I, I'm certainly on board with that, and that's why I think the Canadian Gaming Association, that's why I think the Parlay, uh, all these all these outlets and platforms where people are, are giving their time and, and expertise are so very important. Um, Will, I, even back on April 4th, I looked around and I saw, you know, the arms race that was going on and I thought to myself, there's going to be brands here fighting for share of voice with a good product that are going to get lost in the shuffle. And I, I do think that that has happened to a degree, um, and congratulations to those that came out on top. I, you know, the gray market operators that have been here for 10 years and, and have wonderful platforms and and they're experts um did they have a head start and a a database yeah absolutely and as as people in in our roles know that the the customer information and those databases are more important than anything because you can reach them especially given the advertising environment that we have uh in ontario so you know i think ideally you would have all wanted to be there on day one right the excitement all the media attention that the industry was getting and all those things but if you couldn't be for whatever reason maybe you hadn't had your application approved maybe you hadn't applied yet um i think coming in with a little bit of separation isn't a bad thing i think uh it's an opportunity to to present a new brand to people who have been seeing ads and I go back to ads and that can be whatever you want, TV, out of home, uh, digital on your phone or or uh, banners or what have you um, from a certain number of operators for the last five months. And now there's a new one popping up and maybe a new one that, um, you know, is using their launch budget now versus the launch budgets that were spent in the spring. So I actually kind of see it as a little bit of an advantage um given those other parameters. I think ideally you would have wanted to be there and have this time to build up a customer base, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're coming in now, I don't I don't mind it so much coming in a little bit late, where there's a little bit of separation, and we're getting into um, you know, one of of the two really major kind of betting windows and and i look always at october and then i look at the nba and nhl playoffs in north america so you know october you've got all the major sports going um it's the best month for sports in my estimation uh october and early november so um yeah so that there's a there's a for me that's that's a good thing
1: well i i love your enthusiasm um and quite frankly and i see that the cool bet guys are on here i i've loved what you've done uh, with cool bet and what they continue to do uh, employing andre degrasse as an ambassador of cool uh, i think you've done some really great things so i'm expecting uh, that to continue for both your current and your former employer so well done you well well i'm just curious were you contacted at all to be an ambassador of cool i was good i was, still, uh, I was you know. by uh, chris and i turned it down but were you An ambassador of cool? No, my friend. Okay, got it. Just clarify. I'm diametrically opposed to that in terms of uh, what title would be slapped on me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's a little known fact. We lined Andre and Steve up for the hundred meters. We even gave him a seventy five meter head start, but he still didn't win. So, um, (laughs) so be it. No, you know what? I'm really proud of uh, what we did at Cool Bed. I'm, I'm really. Glad to see what the guys are doing. I saw Andre just had his wine launch at Casaloma last week, and um, his team, you know Brian and uh, Steve over at Envision Sports, uh, they, they manage his brand very, very well. Um, and I love to see uh, what Pat and Jake and all the guys at Coolbed are doing right now. So it's uh, super exciting. Like I said, I uh, I want those guys to kick ass and and be in second place behind uh, Batano at the end of the day. Hey, Chris, listen,
2: congratulations again. Hopefully you can hang around for the rest of the uh, hour here. We'll, we'll get a chance maybe to get you back in here at the end. But uh, before we get James Sherman on it at uh, 2.45 to talk about uh, about uh, room 442 and our live event next to that, well, I want to get uh, Brett Winston, the co-founder and CEO of BetSwap in here and uh brant welcome to the show and and we we've got a real hockey theme here today i didn't get a chance to mention that you know chris's best gig might have been as the marketing director of the saint john's privateers uh back in around 20 2013 20, 2014 but Brent, we're talking to a guy now who, who's played a fair bit a bit of goal in his day and uh <laughs> Um, you know, maybe, maybe for a second, just, just talk to us about how, how far did you get in your journey as a goaltender before making the decision to get, get into creating swap?
4: Uh thanks, Steve. It's painful for me, um, to even talk <laughs> about it because, uh, you know, I, I think I was 14 and I had this Sarnia thing while well, now Yakupov was out on that team with Alex Galchenyuk, um, Watching one of the tournaments, me and uh, our, our team was playing, and we went undefeated for two years. We, for those like who know the Toronto hockey scene, uh, played in the GTHL AA at fourteen. Was maybe six feet at fourteen as a goalie. Um, and one of my coaches was Martin Brodeur's agent. You know, all the stars felt like they were aligning, and uh, so my parents said, "Nope, you got to be a doctor or a lawyer. Those are your only two options. We're not going to allow you to go through. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to allow you to go through the scholarship or the OHL route or anything like that." um and i think my dad was kind of just taking it out of me because he was really good at tennis when he was 18 i think he was number one in ontario 18 under had the opportunity to go to a uh, pete Francisco tennis camp in florida and his dad told him no you got to go be a doctor or a lawyer so kind of felt like payback um so painful <laughs> for me there um but you know i i'm grateful to still be able to play uh, i got the chance to play with mark uh last week and uh you know, for for Mark's benefit, I won't comment one way or another uh, on the uh, on the play of that defenseman out there. He might have been in my way, my uh, my line side a couple times um, when rushes were coming down. But uh, yeah, I mean that the the. Um shift at that early age forced me to go to law school become a corporate lawyer uh start to little, learn a little bit more about the business world and being obviously a, a passionate sports fan and sports better a couple of years ago i was sitting on the couch with my brother betty on the nfl and uh, looked at him and said every single week we wind up with eight out of nine or nine out of a ten on our parlays we hit a couple every season but you know there's got to be a way for us to monetize the fact that we're making smart bets and there's only one game left on the schedule it's the monday nighter." Or the futures bets that we've played at the beginning of the season? I, I was actually lucky enough to win the Blues, uh, winning the Stanley Cup a couple of years back. Uh, I didn't put the same amount of money as the better who did um, <laughs> that made news or the guy who put you know money on the Golden Knights to win the Stanley Cup their first year. But I'm pretty good at sports betting because I feel like I know the sports that I follow pretty well um i said to my brother there's got to be a way for us to get rewarded for the fact we're making smart bets there you know the cash out option if it is available is typically at a steep price and discount and it also disappears so quickly there's got to be a way in which i can interact with other bettors to be able to buy and sell my bets within the sports book that i'm on Uh, and he said yeah it's a good idea you should go build it so it was about three and a half years ago and we've built it now and uh in the process of launching with a couple different uh customers of Amelco and uh, a few others that we're speaking to as well right now. And uh, I guess that's the backstory of how you transition out of, um, <laughs> out of playing hockey, hopefully professionally one day to uh, being in the sports betting space. It's a good adjacent in my mind.
2: Well, listen, Brent, congratulations on getting bets swap up and running. And, you know, it's interesting. There's a real, uh, there's a real Canadian connection to the, to the SBC summits and the first pitch competition for it. I, I think now Canada's on like a three, a three summit winning streak uh you know parley <laughs> parley media group sharing first prize with with our friends at sharp rank back yeah. in 20, uh, 2021 new jersey and then uh bet swap uh taking the the, the sixty thousand dollar first prize at sbc summit new jersey back in july and then last week in barcelona uh, kiros uh, sports and, and Tomasz devanishek uh his company won won the first pitch competition and and Tomas has Canadian uh, ties again, so it's, we're on a nice little roll right now. I'm sure people like Amanda and Will, they, they're probably feeling pretty good as, as people who have carried the flag for a long, long time in this industry. Yeah, for
4: sure. I mean, we're just doing our best uh, as as younger younger folks in the space to to try and keep the Canadian brand alive and well. You know, not all the talent necessarily has to come out of the U.S. It can come from here, too. I messaged uh, Tomash actually after his win. He said, yeah, you know what? The only reason that we were able to win is because you didn't show up. And uh, <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily true at all. But uh, it's nice to see that sort of string of, uh, of Canadian companies. I mean, you know, Benji Cherniak obviously has had a role in all three of those companies so maybe he's the uh he's the underlying factor behind our success
2: where Where do you see the company going from here right right now brent like we know uh you know we see with the market the way it is in ontario we we see uh you know more more states getting legal sports betting south, south of the border and what do you see as the opportunities for BetSwap? yeah uh, i mean i i think they're they're somewhat
4: endless to be honest with you I mean it sounds like a cliche answer but that's truthfully how I feel Um, when you look at the invention of cash out and how it was brought into the space maybe about 10 years ago uh, initially I think there was some hesitancy to adopt it from certain operators but over time it became a staple and a must-have feature in your offering same thing now with same game parlays seeing I mean FanDuel made it a really big deal uh, about two one to two years ago now and you know 365 followed suit and DraftKings followed suit and you know everybody seems to be um, following that sort of line of thinking behind what they can offer. So the way that I see this is our our integrated marketplace is an evolution of cash out, right? We're giving users freedom. It's coming back to the user to now decide, okay, you can use cash out. Or if you're averse to cash out, you now have the opportunity, whenever you see fit, to sell your ticket at a price that you deem appropriate. You're able to find a new way to engage with their sports books. So I think as we continue to roll these out with some of our different partners, other books,
2: other um, in the space we'll start to see oh you know what that's an offering that we need hey amanda while we're trying to get brent back here maybe just talk a bit again and this is something we've talked about many many times it's just the opportunities even though this is a global industry that just the impact that that canada is having on this this industry
3: well when i was still working full time with paul burns at the canadian gaming association we'd always talk about how canada really punched above its weight because if you even go back to the early days of crypto, um, not the currency, but the casino, um, and, you know, poker stars starting, you know, Ysai Scheinberg's vision for what that could be, um, and how the, the tech was built here. Um, and it just kind of snowballed from there. But there was always development work being done here. There are always smart engineers here, smart game developers, smart content producers. And, you know, there were a lot of us that had opportunities to work with international operators, even based here. So yeah, I, you know, completely agree. And it's, it's, you know, like I I remember I said this many months ago and I think I cracked Will Hill up and I said, you know, it felt like Ontario when they launched this went from being the wallflower at the dance with, you know, like the bad skin and the braces to finally being like the bell of the ball or the hunk of the ball, you know, like we're finally in the, in the center spotlight and everyone's celebrating us. But the truth is, you know, Really, it was just the licensing and the, and the registration of the operators that was the cherry on top of this. I mean, this industry has been growing and developing alongside with the talent for, for many, many, many years.
2: Hey Brent, I just want to ask you just uh, to Amanda's point, just the, you know, the way you've been able to staff and, and using Canadian talent and, and what your company looks like right now, the kind of people you're employing and, and what types of roles are they working in and, and do you have plans to continue growing your team? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, as
4: as we continue to sign on more partners, we're going to need more resources to continue to develop and you know launch integrations. Um, but we love to hire within Canada. We think there's a lot of great talent within Canada. You know, our whole team is effectively Canadian right now, even all the way back to the money that's backing us. Um, so to the extent that we can keep anything in the country, that is always the preference.
2: And just your thoughts too. Like, I, I, I don't know what it was like f- for you, but for me, it was a pretty overwhelming experience not, not just participating in the first pitch competition uh almost a year year ago now but just the just the dynamics of, of the industry and and the players in the different sectors and and again i mean this is something that that certainly people like like will and and amanda and, and paul burns and, and others troy ross and others have been kind of hitting me over the head with since we we launched parlay media group almost two years ago uh but but it it, it is a really exciting industry
4: Yeah, I mean, for sure. How often is it that you get to come into a space that is so evolved in one facet of the word, right? Because sports betting has been around for forever, but also so new and in its infancy from an actual regulated standpoint, right? Like the cannabis space, although not the same as sports betting, but is the most analogous because it was in existence for a period of time and now became a regulated space. Everybody had the opportunity to really make an impact in one way, shape or form. And it's so rare to be able to innovate and create new opportunities within a space like Parlay has done uh, and some of the other Canadian you know, and, and American companies out there. Uh, it's incredibly exciting, especially for us to get to create a product, for example, that has never been built before. When we launch with PlayUp, for example, PlayUp will have the first ever sports book with an integrated marketplace for betters to buy and sell um, active sports bets on the sports book. And that's really cool. Like I, I set up to build a product with our team that we could use. It was built for, like for us, by us kind of thing. And I think that that's the, the most unique piece about this industry right now is that there's so many different opportunities to shape the industry and change the industry um, by thinking just a little bit outside the box. A lot of what we're doing, and when I say we, I mean the industry as a whole, is we're taking different concepts from other industries that work really well, but we're now able to finally bring them to the gaming space because it's regulated and it's permitted. Um, hey, so that would be my response there. Uh, great.
2: Hey, Brent, I want, I want to get back to you and, and the others at, at the, for the last 10 minutes. So, but I, I want to just quickly get James Sharman in here. I know James is up to his eye, eyebrows right now with, uh, with room 442 and, and, uh, and the, the daily soccer show that James and Sarah Pereri and Albert of Artini are doing. So, so James, thanks, thanks so much for ta- taking time out from your hosting, producing, writing, editing, all the other Hats that you're wearing right now, and if, if you if you have a few minutes just to talk quickly about uh, about what we've got planned for next Tuesday night at the Rivoli
5: on, in downtown Toronto. Yeah, thanks guys uh, for inviting me on today. Uh, it should be a fun night. The Rivoli is a venerable old venue. I've had uh, many a good night there, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, basically, it's going to be the launch of, of Room 442, um, bringing it to the public. So, so we've got a panel of some great guests, um, Joshua Cloak of The Athletic. He's got a new book coming out about Canada and the uh, Road to the World Cup from 1986. So we'll talk to Josh. Uh, Oliver, Patali from, uh, uh, sorry, Oliver Platt from Sorry, from One Soccer will join us. Um, Peter Galindo, Sportsnet, um, a very well-respected writer. And Craig Forrest will, will join us. The legendary Craig Forrest will join us. Uh, myself, Albert, Sarah, Michael Singh. Talk all things football um, in our own special, unique way. Uh, we'll debate, we'll argue, we'll have a few beers. Um, really showing the, the, the audience the vibe that Room 442 will bring um, on a daily basis to the airwaves uh, from a live venue in this occasion. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I've done these events before at the Riverley, and always a good, good crowd comes out. And, and given how, you know, the game is about to explode, is exploding with the World Cup just around the corner now. Um, even with TFC struggling this year, you know, that, that content does very well on the parlay. It's going to be a busy, packed house and, and a lot of fun.
2: Hey, James, I know we've got some soccer fans in the room here. I'd love to get a few thoughts just in case people didn't get a chance to, to watch Room 4-2 over the past five or six days. Just, just your impressions of Canada's two, uh, two friendlies.
5: Yeah, you know what? Um, it was a good window. Better than the last window, which was a washout, obviously with the Iran game and the Panama game both being cancelled. Um, but yeah, so Canada played Qatar on the Friday. Qatar is obviously the host nation for the World Cup. And, and they owned that match. They won 2-0. Qatar weren't very good. But then the big one came on, on Monday when they played against Uruguay. Now, Uruguay is the 13th ranked team in the world. Um, it's the first time in four years Canada's played a team outside of their CONCACAF region. It's the first time in, I don't know, maybe a decade they've played a team this good. Uh, and they lost the match 2-0, but a really, really positive performance. And given that they're playing Belgium and Croatia at the World Cup, two top, top teams, it was a great window into where this team is against the best teams. And uh, I think John Herbman and the crew there were very happy. They lost the match. They're not as good as Uruguay, but that's okay. But they, they certainly were fearless and played a great brand of football. And if you're a Canadian fan, uh, it really bodes well for the World Cup. They, they might not advance in a group. They, they likely won't. Um, they might not even win a game. But I tell you what, this team will not be embarrassed. And it's the start of something pretty special.
2: Yeah, one thing I found interesting, James, just qu- quickly, is that uh, I saw Herdman's interview with Andy Petrillo after the game. And, uh, you know, I think in the past, if a Canadian soccer team lost 2-0, they'd find some some reason to say it was a really good effort. And, you know, at least they didn't lose 3 nothing or 5 nothing. And you could tell that, that Herdman, he, it, it really was getting, it got to him that they'd lost, lost a football match. And it, it, it's, it's kind of refreshing to see.
5: I, I love that, Steve. He was angry. He was genuinely pissed off that they lost that match against the 13th ranked team in the world. And, and that's John Herbin for you. This guy will not enter the World Cup saying, listen, boys, we, we've done the job. We got here. Enjoy yourselves. Results are insignificant. He'll be saying, we can win this thing. And, and that's the message he'll, he'll convey to his players. And we saw it with the women's team for years. And we see it so far, the men's team. He's able to get a group of players playing above themselves playing better than they really are and believing in themselves and uh is that kind of message post-game that's so important saying yeah sure it's a good performance but we still lost we still expect to win these games and I- I'm with you Steve that that was a great turnaround I think from from recent years where we just I- accept an okay performance results are you know irrelevant that's not the case with this team no matter what happens in the end they'll enter that world cup thinking that they can win every game and that's because John Herman right james
2: listen we'll let you get back to the studio thanks so much for joining us um for people who subscribe to the newsletter and if if you don't this this gives you a reason to do so um there is a link to get tickets to the rivoli on tuesday night james i believe it's it's free to get to get in um and i think if you get a ticket early there might be a bit of a discount on on food and drink and then there's also josh joshua cloak is going to have copies available of his new book the voyager so it'll be a, if you're a, if you're a footy fan it'll be a, a great night and and it's obviously an exciting time for the sport right now leading up to the world cup and we've got champions league going on and and uh epl as well so hoping that if you if you love soccer that this is a good opportunity to talk with some really smart soccer people on uh on tuesday thanks thanks again james for doing this okay thanks guys always it was a pleasure we'll chat soon yeah, great thanks james uh want to get back we've got about eight minutes eight minutes left and I'd like to go around the horn here. Cause I'm assuming most, uh, f- most folks are going to be going to, uh, going to G2E in Las Vegas. And I guess it's 11 days, uh, time now or 10 days time. And, uh, uh, well, maybe start with you. Cause I know in your role at sightline payments, you're going to be in Las Vegas. Uh, there just, there seems to be an awful lot of excitement around G2E. And, and for parlay, this, this is, uh, this is virgin territory for us because we, uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, uh, we were launched during the pandemic, so we haven't had a chance to go to the Global Gaming Expo, and and maybe you can just explain, and we'll go around the horn too. Just explain why there seems to be so much buzz around the conference next week in Vegas. Hope we may, and we may have lost. Amanda, do you want to hop in there? We, Will might have jumped off on us there.
3: Uh, I'll just say it's the first uh, kind of return to G two E pre-COVID, because last year, uh, you know, first year of COVID, no G2E. Last year, the Europeans couldn't get into the U.S. So this is really the first year that feels like, you know, if I put in air quotes, the word normal. Um, There are eight, I can't believe the number of networking events and parties going on. Um, Everybody is hosting. Everybody's looking forward to seeing people. And it's really, if you weren't at ICE, which was off cycle this year in April, um, this is really the first opportunity to get together specifically with the Americans, because a lot of them did go overseas for ice. So, I think it's just a great opportunity. There's going to be a ton of uh, suppliers out there with booths on the uh, show floor. There's gonna be a ton of product. There's gonna be a lot of meetings being booked between customers and suppliers. So, Yeah. I think people are just breathing a sigh of relief that things are starting to pick up again and they're, you know looking forward to seeing some faces reconnecting with some people that they uh, haven't seen in a few years. So yeah, I look forward to seeing you and Mark down there for the first time that it's always fun to see G2E through uh, some virgin eyes.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. uh, Amanda. Yeah. Both Mark Silver and I were really looking forward to to being out there and, and uh, again, having that opportunity to, to network and meet some people and, uh, Chris Abbott, do you, do you plan on being out there?
0: Well, I've got my hotel booked. The flight is pending because we're, uh, we're getting ready for the soft launch. So um, it remains to be seen. So I'm, uh, I'm a maybe. I was there last year, and I can echo Amanda's sentiments that even at kind of half speed last year, it was, uh, it was a blast. And for those of you going for the first time, uh, drink lots of water before you get there. Take it easy <laughs> on the first night and uh there'll be plenty of time don't make the mistake i made the first time which was oh it's a conference i better go in a couple of days early and stay a couple of days later so i have time for fun you don't need the extra time let me tell you
2: hey hey chris just on that what what advice would you give because i i did uh the, the spc summit in new jersey last year i was I, I have to admit i was completely overwhelmed and and uh didn't didn't take nearly take as much advantage of it as I should have like what advice would you give to someone like Brent Winston who's probably going to to the G2E for the first time on in terms of networking and, and what you should and shouldn't do within the confines of the
0: actual conference well there's a ton of opportunity to meet people I would say uh collect as many business cards as you can yes people still use business cards at that conference um you know take as many meetings as you can even if it's uh not something you think you may need uh meeting people is is you know more than half the battle in the industry um there will be parties and dinners if you can go to bed at a reasonable hour because the next day it starts again um las vegas is a beast all onto its own um so a a conference in any other city is not a conference in las vegas but um I think uh, I think yeah. Meet as many people, strike up as many conversations. Uh, you'll learn so much just a, a five-minute aside with somebody you might run into. And then lastly, you know the the expo floor itself is is really overwhelming. It's huge, and uh, there's some really cool stuff out there from payment providers to KYC providers to you know whatever it might be. Um, you know products. There was there was actually a live casino demo going on there last year. Uh, where they had the actual virtual blackjack table and all that so um yeah take in as much as you can and uh and like i said drink lots of water
2: hey brent i brent winston i assume you're you're going out there have you i'm sure you've been busy if you are booking booking meetings and get getting your calendar filled up while you're out in vegas
4: so it's funny it's funny i'm kind of on the same boat as chris just for a little bit of a different reason uh i was i was a COVID wedding was supposed to go on a honeymoon with my wife during SBC, but obviously I had to go do the first pitch there. And uh, without realizing it at the time, we had booked our honeymoon um, about two days after G2E ends. So I'm in an ongoing, very uh, calm and uh, sophisticated debate with my wife right now as to whether or not I'm going to be able to go to Vegas uh, for this conference. So we're, we're still figuring that out, but uh, Chris's advice sounds sound and, uh, You know, I think what Amanda sort of said makes sense to me, you know, with respect to Virgin Eyes, so to speak, about G2E, but the the excitement around it um, definitely makes sense, given, uh, you know, Amanda's description. So hopefully I find my way out there. Um, But, you know, I certainly wouldn't want to get divorced before my honeymoon. Um, So I got to make sure I do what the wife sort of asks to a certain degree.
0: Yeah,
2: but I would hey, say Chris, that's yeah. Go ahead, Amanda.
3: We should we should make a shameless plug for the CGA at G two E event. So the Canadian Gaming Association, as some of you know, uh, sold its summit to SBC, um, and included in that deal was the CGA at G two E networking reception. So it still carries the CGA name, but it's an SBC event. Um, this is an immensely popular networking um, event that runs from five to seven on Wednesday. Uh, at Buddy Bee's, and without a lie, over the course of the. Two plus hours because it never ends on time. There's probably close to five to six hundred people who come through. It's a bunch of Canadians, uh, but then it's a bunch of people that are friends of Canadians and a bunch of people that want to do business with Canadians. So all that to say, it's really well attended. So if anyone is looking for an invitation to that, please reach out to myself or to Steve because uh, I sent Steve an invitation, and so did Paul Burns. So we're, we'll certainly be able to pass that over to you.
2: Thanks Amanda for that. And yeah, if you tr- want to contact me, it's uh, th- my email, Steve at the parlay.com. So reach me there or you can DM me on Twitter at Stevie max sports or at, uh, gaming news, Canada. Hey man, I'm going to get the last word to you. Just w- one more question about G2E uh, in terms of prioritizing, whether it's, you know, going to panel discussions or, or the networking opportunities or, or walking around the floor as, as Chris mentioned, like what, what would you emphasize to people that if you're a new if you're a first timer to g two e that you want want to make sure you do?
3: I would say walking around the floor at least for um a half day sort of over two days uh, is not a waste of time because you will just naturally bump into people because everyone is there um and you will also be able to take stock of all the different products that are down there because it's it's everything um so that's always a good use of time um and then the networking events are going to be uneven some of them will be better than others um but things that you know industry associations put on like the cga um, tend to be very well attended and yeah the business cards or having an easy way to exchange information is super useful because sometimes given the volume of people there you will literally be passing by someone that you were trying to connect with and the best you can do is like you know 58 seconds, you exchange business cards, and then you can follow up with them later. But I say go in, especially if you don't have a very crowded calendar in terms of pre booked meetings, but just go in with an open mind. Um, If there are specific things you want to find, you know, they tend to group the different quadrants. The expo hall with the similar, you know, providers together. So you're not, you know, running all over the place looking for the same thing. Um, but just you know, allow yourself to go in and familiarize yourself with the space and just be open to what will happen during that week because you know, I always come back with a fistful of business cards and a lot of really great connections. And you know, exactly what was said, you know, you might not need that connection right now, but you know, down the road it could be invaluable
2: that's uh that's the perfect uh, way to wind up the show Matt I, I wanna uh, thank you very much. Uh, Chris Abbott, thank you so much for taking time to join us and talking about your new role with Kays and gaming. Uh, Brent uh, Winston from Bedswap really appreciate you jumping on and and uh, we know you'll you'll keep the the peace with you with your wife and uh, and find a way to uh, find a way to multitask uh, eleven days from now. Uh, thanks, Gavin Roth, for being with us, Will Hill, for, for joining us for a bit, and, and also James Sharman from the, from the Parlay for coming on to talk about our Room 442 event at the, at the Rivoli on, on Tuesday night in Toronto. Uh, thanks again, everybody. As I mentioned earlier, please subscribe to the Gaming News Canada newsletter. Uh, we do these Twitter Spaces events every Thursday, and, and then executive producer Mark Silver does a little bit of hard lifting over the weekend, and we come out with a podcast of this hour on mondays so uh, you can also if if somehow a part one of your friends missed a show and they want to listen to it they can get it in the podcast form through gaming news canada thanks again everybody please enjoy the the rest of your week Uh, be safe and we'll look forward to talking again next week take care everybody thank you for listening to the gaming news canada show a parlay media group production sign up for our weekly
1: newsletter at gamingnewscanada.ca Follow Gaming News CA on Twitter to join the live audience and DM us if you're interested in sponsorship or being a featured guest.